Everybody and welcome to Some Patches Required. My name is Zach Frank. And my name is Aaron Tamana. I wanted to say a couple things before we uh, dive into a particularly heavy topic, at least for the beginning portion of this episode. First, I'd like to thank all new and old listeners and uh, would request if you'd be so kind as to rate and review as well as subscribe. Uh, whatever makes sense for whatever platform you're on. Uh, The overall topic for today is around um, the new, what we were calling hybrid uh, gaming consoles, so like Switch and the Steam Deck that are coming out, but you could also just, I guess, refer to them as handhelds. Uh, But before we we dive into that, and we'll leave a timestamp in the description to let you know if you want to skip to that, we are going to talk about a uh, fairly heavy subject in regards to Blizzard Activision and the lawsuit that they're going through. So I just wanted to say before we dive in a quick trigger warning that we will maybe be detailing a little bit on sexual abuse, suicide, as well as harassment. Um, Aaron, I'm going to pass it over to you to start on this one yeah um so a a lot of the time if you're someone who's actually listened to the show uh you'll you'll recognize our intros as being you know even if our main subjects aren't incredibly heavy our our intros are comparatively light so we'll spend a lot of time talking about fried chicken or mario lopez mario lopez related fried chicken things um it's not always fried chicken but this time we're actually going to talk about some uh pretty serious stuff which is the uh recent surfacing of many allegations uh leveled against uh blizzard activision activision blizzard both companies which are one company and some of them are extremely troubling and worth um at least talking about i don't think we want to go too far into detail uh, about this uh, because there are other outlets, not all of them podcasts, certainly, but um, other outlets that have done a really good job of breaking down the timeline of events and, you know, kind of distilling the whole topic into very readable things. And we'll make sure to include those links, but we did want to talk about why all of it was important and, how very real the human factor is in situations like this, something that can get, you know, kind of buried in a, an environment like ours where everyone can say everything about anything, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. I think that part of the reason just to um, jump off what you said uh, that we we didn't want to cover this and, and you kind of hinted to it but I just wanted to reinforce from my side as well is is just I think there's other outlets that do it more justice I don't know that I myself feel comfortable covering a lot of the details um, and telling people's stories uh, through through um, you know just reading these articles um, so if you're looking for some details on what happened specifically 
Um, you can look, I think there were two Kotaku articles that were pretty solid. You could even just go to, uh, Bloomberg law if you're looking for kind of the legal details around, um, what's going on. Um, but generally speaking to frame this going on and and keep me honest here, Aaron, if I miss any of the details, but I believe this is part of a two year long investigation into Activision Blizzard, um, by, uh, the DFEH, um, which I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what the acronym stands for in this exact moment. But uh, basically, it's an organization that makes sure that people are being treated fairly in the workplace and um, people aren't being taken advantage of, etc. And um, what they found were instances of um, sexual abuse uh, and sexual harassment when it came to um, female employees. Uh, specifically discrimination yeah and discrimination so job discrimination as well so people being passed up for uh promotions um work being delegated to women uh while the men play video games is one of the things that was mentioned so you know just a just a bunch of really gross stuff and 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 a culture that if not openly encouraged then certainly accepted jokes being made about topics as serious as rape um so yeah, just a just a lot of really uh, heavy, terrible things that nobody should be expected to endure or be subjected to in any workplace. Yeah, and and I mean, I think this this note that you you put, Aaron, about the twenty percent of Activision workforce that signed this peti- petition around um, yeah there, these allegations. Bit, yeah, that's that speaks volumes, in my opinion. I mean. It's it's two thousand signatures, and to some people that may not sound like a lot, but I think what's really interesting is when you look at game studios, a lot of the studios are pretty small. Even big game studios are are small compared to like inter- normal enterprise companies. And two thousand signatures is a is a big amount. I mean, it's it's twenty percent, as your statement there says. Yeah, in in that that actually, while I was reading articles from both CNN and Kotaku, mm-hmm. um, because the original article. Uh, from Kotaku was posted when the 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 open letter was originally published, and it was uh, only eight hundred signatures. Um, and then CNN reported that it was over two thousand, mm-hmm. and then Kotaku updated to to reflect that. But that 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 does mean, unless I'm a complete math idiot, which I am, that you know that's ten thousand people total ish. Mm-hmm working across Activision Blizzard. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. To have a percentage in double digits, we should also explain what they were opposed to, which yeah, is specifically I was, I just the company's response that. to it. That was not covered. Yeah. Um. So the response to the initial allegations, of which we paraphrased, um, was basically very um very accusatory well yeah it was deflecting it was very accusatory of the uh government organization looking into um everything and it honestly seems to contradict some of the messaging from leadership at blizzard at least so so the response reads um the dfeh includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of blizzard's past 
We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. And then it, it, it keeps going on. I just took that snippet because, I, I, I mean, um, it, it just illustrates the disdain that this um, PR team has for the DFEH and the government organizations trying to protect these, you know, Activision Blizzard um, people that are being abused. They, like, clearly are not taking it seriously or they're saying that the government's um, overblowing the the allegations. Specifically calling it the work of unaccountable state bureaucrats. Oh, did you get that quote? I, I completely forgot yep. about that. Yeah. Like Hold it's that just, one. It's just scathing. Like, it, it really, really, really gross stuff. And the we, thing we that I... We don't... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, the thing that I think's gross, and then finish your, your point, because I, I want to know what you have to say, but you... Um, J. Allen Breck, or Brack, sorry... Um, who is in uh, leadership. I believe he's actually the president of Blizzard uh, Entertainment right now. Um, he had a post where he said um, that he felt that the allegations were extremely troubling. And if you read the whole post, it's it's not just like he finds them extremely troubling because he thinks that they're fake. If you read his post, it's very clear that he believes that these allegations are true and that he finds it extremely troubling and that they're going to have to have conversations internally about how to resolve these problems. And that comes directly from a internal email that was leaked and Jason Schreier posted on Twitter. So I just think yes. it's interesting that we have this PR leadership or whoever's, you know, working with PR, right? And they're saying that all of this is blown out of proportion. And you've got J. Allen Brack who's saying... um, you know, these are seriously concerning allegations and we need to talk about how to resolve these things. And 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 I do want to say I do feel like he's complicit in these problems. If you're in a leadership position like that, there's no way you don't know th that this is going on to some degree. And if you don't know that it's going on, then you're doing a bad job at your job. And I feel yeah. confident in saying that. Anyway, sorry, Aaron, you were, you were saying that. something before, but I, I just wanted to make that point. No, it's it's completely accurate. And and what I what I wanted to say um was first off, again, we're not gonna belabor the topic because it's an it's an important thing to talk about, but it's it's not something that we felt comfortable or um particularly qualified to spend an entire episode on. So I don't want any of our millions and millions of listeners <laughs> to um construe our delegating this to the same uh section of the show as you know the kf console or something like that as as any sort of disdain or 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 lack of understanding uh of of the 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 real pain uh that's been going on but my my final thought with this is uh it doesn't have it doesn't have to be like this. The fact of the matter is it has been for a really long time, and I don't know if you can tell by kind of our uh uh let's call it downtrodden tones of voice that we we feel like I'm assuming many other people feel, which is to say extremely disappointed, disgusted, but um unsurprised by all of this. Um, 
And if you're on the development side of things, the the shitty part of it, and I apologize for uh, cursing there, um, it shouldn't it shouldn't be on you to correct these issues. They shouldn't have been issues in the first place. But if you have an opportunity to shed light on something that can make things better for you and other people, unfortunately, the the system has put it on you. Um, and you know, it's, it's good that these stories are coming out because hopefully it'll make change real, not just ethereal and hopeful. Um, because I think I speak for most people when I say I'm really tired of hearing stories about this and reading headlines like this. And the fact that I, as a privileged person, and feeling tired about it means that countless people I have never heard of are being exploited and abused. Yeah. Um, including the one woman uh, who, who took her own life as a result of abuse in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we won't go into all of the details. Uh, we will have links in the uh, show notes so that you can check them out. But if you have the ability or the opportunity, please speak out against this kind of thing. If you have a platform, mm-hmm. speak out against it because it's it's unacceptable and it takes something that we all love and further reinforces the idea that it's built around a broken system that exploits people. So, yeah, I, I think my my closing notes um, and and I feel like I'm going to get another. Uh, round of, of comments from you Aaron and I don't mean that in a mean way I just feel like you'll have some stuff to add but the first thing I want to hit on real quick is I was when I was on Twitter um, doing the normal social media stuff I saw something from Alana uh, Pierce that's her last name right I feel really bad I believe so you. yeah okay thank goodness um, and she was talking about how she had experienced um, abuse um, in in past jobs and one of the things she said that I think is really really important um, especially if you are, um, you know, a, a white, um, cis male is that you, as, I, as we are, as, as Aaron and I are, um, is that you talk to your male counterparts if they're ever making any jokes that make you uncomfortable that are directed towards women or even towards yourself. Because the fact of the matter is, is that, and, and one thing she said that's really true is that it is way easier for us to have those conversations and I realize they're uncomfortable, but it's still infinitely easier for us to have those conversations and for that to have a lasting impact than for, um, unfortunately our, our, um, allies. And by that, I mean, you know, women, um, people of color, people that are maybe not, um, you know, um, I, you know, they don't identify as like a cis woman or a cis male, you know, it's easier part for of the us non-binary to those... community. Yeah. Thank you. Like, those individuals really any marginalized community i should have put it as that that's the catch-all for it but you know be an ally say something it's easier for us to do it than it is sometimes for others and and i'm not trying to belittle the power of of marginalized groups it's just to say i think a lot of times cis men in general but cis white men as well are in these opportunities where they could do something, but they feel too uncomfortable to do something or stand up to their friends or stand up to their boss or whatever it is. And the reality is we have to do better and we have to um, make those changes so that it's a better working environment for everybody. And, oh, sorry. 
Oh, nope, sorry, you, you were right. You're going to get more comments. Finish yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the final thing here on my um, tirade of, of information, and this is perhaps the most important thing for people in the video gaming space, is that um, if you are a consumer of video games, um, it is very important that you understand that um, these games are not, you know, always made with... Um, I'm going to say it, but I don't think I love this saying like rainbows and sunshine, right? Like people, there is a real cost associated with these games. And we hope that that cost is just time and hours that people put in. Um, and I, and I don't mean crunch. Um, what I mean is just, you know, like a normal 40 hour work week, um, maybe some overtime, but nothing ridiculous. But the reality is, is that in entertainment in general, I feel like there, well, I don't feel like there is a lot of abuse that happens. And you have to be open to understanding how the products that you consume are made. Because if we just ignore situations like this with Activision Blizzard because we like World of Warcraft, because we like Call of Duty, um, because we like, um, uh, I almost said Fortnite, but that's not a game that they make. But my point is, is you can't just sweep that under the rug because then you're giving them a a free pass to do this over and over again we have to make a big deal about it and um it's it's just incredibly important i I can't um express how important it is for not only developers to start standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves but also the fans themselves um who who put largely their, their they vote with their money frankly right um but anyway i i'm looking at my audio wave and i've just talked quite a bit so Aaron, um, you said you had some comments. No, no, you're good. Um, I, I think that's probably a, a fine closing point is to say, like, there's been some uh, discussion about um, uh, video game uh, media or, or just media websites in general that cover video games, um, removing, if not, I mean, I would hope not news coverage, but certainly like hype coverage, like, oh, Ubisoft just released a new patch for Watch Dogs, the new one, Legion, I think, um, from from their thing until further notice, because, you know, funneling more money into a system that abuses people isn't necessarily moral. Um, and this is something we all struggle about. Uh, not struggle about, but this is something we all struggle with in a uh, a world where everything is extremely connected and we all get minute to minute uh, updates on basically everything all the time. And that was kind of a Bo Burnham reference, but it came directly from my uh, the back of my brain, not the front of it. But it it's 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 worth looking at whether or not you want to support a company because ultimately you are the one who decides whether this company is profitable or not. Um, And I'm not advocating for boycotting any particular company or whatnot. Um, And I understand that there's a whole lot of details to unpack that we will not be able to unpack in any sort of meaningful or useful manner. So I'll just avoid doing so entirely. But, you know, if there's, if there's something that you find objectionable, if the only way that you feel comfortable or have the means to oppose that idea or ideal is to not buy a game, then don't. 
uh, and you get to decide what that looks like for you. Um, but in the meantime, uh, to all of the developers who have been affected by behavior of this type, um, I'm sorry that the burden of change has been put on you because it shouldn't have been. But to everyone who has reached out to, you know, any platform and shared their stories and, and done something to create change, um, good, really good job. Um, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of a community with, with people who are willing to sacrifice potentially their entire careers, um, to, to make things better for the next person in the, in the hope of making things better for the next person. So that's, that's my closing salvo there. No. Well, um, I will not attempt any form of humorous, uh, transition, um, to our actual topic or our main topic for today rather, but basically similar to last week, we've got a topic that we're going to discuss. There's roughly three different points related to the topic and, um, it revolves around the switch OLED largely and the steam deck. So to kick things off the switch OLED, um, and a lot of the details around the switch OLED were fully announced was it a week ago, two weeks ago? I don't have that exact Who knows? Date. Time's a flat circle right now. <laughs> yeah, time is a flat circle right now. Um, but anyway, they were released not too long ago. And needless to say, people were pretty disappointed that we did not end up with a 4K Switch Pro. So I don't, I don't know if you have any comments around that, Aaron. I actually remember one of the uh, days we were, we were on a meeting. You mentioned the Switch Pro. To me, you mentioned something about some outlet announcing um, specs for it. So it sounds like, or I would assume that you were excited about this. I thought that was the Steam Deck. Well, this was a while ago, so then it might have been. Yeah, no, I mean, so here's the thing: I don't, I'm not gonna. Even if there was an actual Switch Pro, I probably wouldn't have bought one. But there was a lot of circulation about. Um, the, the the potential existence of a Switch Pro. I even mentioned it in some calls with with other people uh, about the fact that if the Switch Pro the Switch Pro, wow, good job, Aaron. Um, see, we're already getting back into the fun side of things. Aaron saying words wrong. The Switch Pro did launch. It would be one of the biggest hits, um, in in terms of like online viewership, in terms of the amount of content that it would generate, and then they did this one and it did that but in the opposite direction but yeah there was a ton of reporting about the switch pro whether it's going to happen what it's going to look like what it will look like and it was all wrong (laughs) well not all of it it was just wrong selectively (laughs) well well so the the part of the reason for my interest in this specific topic other than just talking about like the fact that people were bummed out that the switch oled is basically just a normal switch with the same specs and a bigger better oled screen um which i'm sure some people are going to be like super happy about right uh yeah, yeah, is yeah, that yeah, absolutely um what was it oh the jim the jim sterling episode where oh, he, he kind of goes at games games uh media a little bit i'm curious to know what your thoughts are on on that and and for those that aren't familiar with the video um jim sterling they made a video where they were detailing 
basically this idea that well not idea because it it I think there's there's a lot of truth behind it, but basically Bloomberg came out with an article called Nintendo um, Plans Switch Model with Bigger Samsung OLED Display in that they briefly detail the idea that there is a potential for 4K with this new um, Switch, and then every other outlet starts running with it. So anyway, what what are your thoughts on like games media and them potentially building up all of this hype only for it to end up being rumors and speculation. And Nintendo doesn't really even say that it has a 4K screen, is my understanding in the first place. Yeah, it, it also doesn't. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's it, it, it speaks a great deal to the, snow, the snowball effect that results from needing more clicks. Mm-hmm. Um. To some extent. And also telling a story, but it's also a game of telephone in this sense, right? So we've got Bloomberg, who gets a report which basically mostly accurately reported the 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 rumor. But because it's a rumor, you can kind of elaborate. And then you filter that through, you know, 30 different outlets, each of which has, you know, a minimum of a dozen writers and each of them is using different sources depending on the standards set by the outlet and what you've got is a lot of interpretation that that builds into a an expectation um even though it's not necessarily based on much more than a rumor and then it spirals and then there's also that element of hope right which i think i think is something that we can all uh, agree is like oh this is what i want out of this this is what I want out of this potential thing. And then excitement is built up. And then when the company does exactly what it would have done, if you just set your expectations to fucking cruise drive, then everyone's upset. I, I don't know. There, it's, it's a very multi-layered <laughs> situation. Yeah. I think that the interesting thing or my perception of it is this Bloomberg, this Bloomberg, <laughs> article comes out they mention 4k bloomberg hello it's um, me bloomberg the pirate dread i will steal your switch pro and i don't sound like a pirate anymore goodbye you just sound like you have unfortunate throat cancer i feel like Ah, well all throat cancer is unfortunate (laughs) um god um for the uh oh uh, sorry the the bloomberg 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 so with the yes, bloomberg, bloomberg article i feel like people just saw the 4k they got super excited about that and then yeah, you just, just like snowballed. look at yeah well i mean so uh polygon article report upgraded 4k capable nintendo switch cl- uh sorry could launch this fall um you know it is important could is important in that but the fact of the matter is is that it seems like a lot of the conversation really did focus around that 4k resolution and without a doubt and like not much else now where i don't know that i agree with um jim sterling is it seemed like jim was kind of and and this is really weird because in my opinion i feel like jim typically gets like upset at people for customer blaming but in the video i feel like jim does a little bit of it in the sense of like jim's like you know what nintendo's like you should know better than to think nintendo would you know um make a 4k upgrade on their switch so like i thought that was a little bit weird but at the same I, I time like... oh sorry, oh, sorry. what are you gonna say here you go 
I was just going to say, I can understand the frustration around Nintendo never directly like saying that there was going to be a 4K Switch upgrade and then people getting mad at Nintendo. So I guess the main takeaway from the video is like, you shouldn't be mad at Nintendo because Nintendo never overhyped their console. But people were mad yeah. at Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it didn't necessarily feel like... It, it felt like customer reorientation. <laughs> less than blaming which is which is why like I, I don't know i actually feel like it was one of the jim sterling videos that i've watched that i've agreed with basically everything that was on a table because yeah i mean there's not necessarily i feel like it was more a reaction to frustration with the ecosystem of how this kind of information is disseminated and then spread you know uh, uh, amongst people and then how that interacts with individual fandoms and nintendo as we all know has uh one of them (laughs) a pretty big one um but you know someone threw a line in there someone else running a different website picked up on it and then it snowballed into this thing but the fact of the matter is was it technically irresponsible for different outlets to you know throw their their name and their clout and their reach behind what was a rumor without specifically tagging it rumor, which, I mean, some of them might have. Um, and some of them did. And some of them included verbiage like, it could be launching, or it may be launching, or reportedly, or based on rumor, which would count all in my mind. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is most people don't want to dig down and drive back to, you know, the beginning of the uh, the situation. They don't want to find the source Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, every everyone, everyone and no one is to blame for this, which is why it's such an unfortunate argument that people seem determined to have, because, yeah, um, based on very little information, people started speculating about a, a potentially hugely upgraded Switch model. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo had released no information. Yeah. Uh, officially outlets that rely on traffic to uh continue to operate and do important work uh some of them not all of them uh jumped in and you know glommed onto the topic and tried to use whatever their house style verbiage was to to make sure that it was this but people read through it mm-hmm. and then people got out of control excited for something that there was absolutely nothing barring hope that indicated it would ever actually happen so it's, it's a whole it's a whole weird situation right yeah like, i i think it's mostly it's why it's why i entitled this section self-manufactured disappointment yeah it, it's the it's the what what story is the is the sexiest to talk about right yeah and, and which is a thing which is a thing yeah well it, it's more exciting to talk about like the new 4k switch and not so much like the bigger oled screen so it's just very clear like we said like they they clearly took what they found to be the most exciting content from the Bloomberg article, and then they just ran with that. And then people saw it, like like normal consumers, right? And then they yeah. started talking about it. And it and it just blew up into this huge into this huge thing. So compared to especially our first topic today, like this is definitely not 
that important in the grand scheme. It's extremely frivolous. Yeah, but it, I, <laughs> I, it's just interesting to see how angry people got over this. And largely it's funny because Nintendo didn't even do anything wrong, really. I mean, I guess they let the rumors circulate, but I don't even know that that's necessarily on them if they want to like keep it a surprise i don't know if it makes sense for you to shoot yourself in the foot i you know it it's a it's it's nintendo being nintendo they they do this stuff all the time and it's it's bizarre <laughs> well nintendo's bizarre I, I i also think like i saw a couple of articles during like the intervening months between like when this the the stuff started to to circulate and when the oled version was actually announced Mm -hmm. and it was i mean they were basically just towing the corporate line it was like nintendo has no comment there is currently no plans for blah 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 and blah 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 um but that's we're just so like inoculated against trusting any of that garbage now that when you see that it's basically just white noise Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's it's an extremely frivolous thing to be extremely angry about, considering there are things which are much more deserving of your anger. But, you know, uh, what are we going to do? Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's Nintendo being Nintendo. They don't, they don't make decisions like... I mean, I don't know how they make decisions. I've never worked at Nintendo. But Nintendo never plays by the rule book, as we've come to know it, right? Yeah. It's it's never been that kind of company. Well, I I think the the last big thing I had that I kind of wanted to share that I thought was goofy and and Jim mentions this in um their video. It's that whole thing of like different outlets published hype for this and then when the mm-hmm. Nintendo OLED or sorry, the Switch OLED came out and wasn't what everybody wanted they kind of backtracked a little bit one of the companies that did that was the verge and i think it's really funny because they have the one article called what we actually want from an upgraded nintendo switch which details a bunch of different things from like improved joy cons to bluetooth headphone support to quick resume feature better kickstand etc right and then they publish an a article after it's announced that 4k isn't going to happen it's basically the same old nintendo with a better screen or sorry switch with a better screen they publish an article um that's nintendo never needed to fix the switch it's not broken and i just thought that was really funny particularly because of this one quote that uh you can see in our notes aaron um where this person's basically saying that nintendo doesn't um actually need to cater to us because they've um, it says its console sales were up 44% year over year in the first three months of 2021. Um, and, and it, I just think it's so funny. It's like, yes, Nintendo doesn't owe us anything, but like we can still ask for better. Like just, they don't need to cater to us, but they probably should try and cater to their consumers at least yeah. a little bit. You know, it's just such My, a weird, like pro Nintendo point of view from the verge when they have no reason that they need to do that or say that. Yeah. My, I mean, my, my, my whole thing. And I think this, if I can manage to, you know, string a couple of sentences together in a coherent way might actually be a decent transition, uh, 
in, into our next section of the, the, the conversation. Um, we don't No, They don't owe us anything, but also it, 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 when a company has been as prevalent as Nintendo has for as long as Nintendo has, there is a certain degree of should you just kind of get used to it or get out of it, right? Like, Nintendo really hasn't changed the way they operate on a consumer-facing level mm. since ever, right? Like, manufactured uh, hardware shortages, which is not applicable right now. That's so bizarre. there's actual they... hardware shortages. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, that, like, extremely strict... You know, you know, software requirements and all that stuff. Like, what do you what do you expect from Nintendo? It's Nintendo. They're going to do Nintendo. Mm. And then the the other thing is like, I don't think anyone plays a Switch to play Doom at 4K 60 FPS. Yeah, they oh, play it because know. you can roll out of bed at whatever an appropriate time to roll out of bed is when immediately going to play Doom. And play Doom in bed, like that's that's what you play it for. So it's, it, in my opinion, it, it isn't broken, and I wouldn't have had the money nor the desire to pay for a hugely, uh, you know, a, a upscaled uh, version of the Switch had they announced one. It would have been interesting, but I don't think it would have played into their overall, you know, game. Yeah. Well, I mean, they it, never. It just doesn't compete. seem like Nintendo. It's they not don't their MO. compete in that space. That they're not. They there's Microsoft and then there's Sony, and they compete with Xbox and PlayStation, and they compete on graphics, and they compete on pushing technology in that kind of way, right? Nintendo doesn't do that, right? They they compete they on experience. In a different sphere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like to think that they want to be in that space, I think is. Um, I don't know. I I mean, they could go into that. Okay, I want to rephrase that because now I'm kind of doing. What I was commenting on before, I don't think they want to operate in that space. I'm not surprised by the decisions that they made. It would be cool if they would try harder. It it would be, but I mean, it's it's all such a an interlaced um, ecosystem, right? So, like in reality, the decision for me, and this is just my personal opinion. I I will drop this topic soon, so we can get on the other stuff. Um, is I don't think I would have paid an extra hundred dollars to be able to play Breath of the Wild in 4K. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm, um, not, I'm not that kind of player. I also don't think that I'm going to ditch my current Switch, which is a fun rhyme, um, to play it with a better screen and an admittedly considerably improved kickstand. Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually the major selling point for me. So, like, for me as a gamer, that's that's just not, like, the difference is negligible. Like, I get it. I would love for Nintendo to just go balls to the wall and make some, like, crazy powerful thing mm-hmm. that would blow all of our minds out. But that's just not the space that they normally play in. If they ever do, then hell yeah. I can't wait to see what they come up with. But in the meantime, I'll play Doom on my Switch in bed as soon as we're done playing the podcast, we're not playing the podcast. That's not what you do with those. We're recording it. Well, you can't play a podcast, but that would imply you're 
listening to one as opposed yeah to i mean i can't right? i mean i am listening to half of a podcast uh, right now because I, i'm on the call with you but um wow that's weird yeah when you no think but about it, you're other, right. other than that but i i think that unless you had anything else i think that does lead yeah. us into the steam deck side of things <laughs> yeah and so i i want to make a quick clarification on the steam deck thing and i feel like it's people misunderstanding something um from from the research i've done so the reason we're talking about the steam deck one is it's obviously competition to the switch as you mentioned uh, on our initial call theoretical competition to the switch but uh aaron i had mentioned to you that there was some outrage which there so the outrage isn't fake the outrage was on twitter people were frustrated that the steam deck got announced they got all excited and then they were there were tons of different tweets saying only 30 f or sorry 30 fps um for your games i'm not paying you know 650 dollars for that so I want to address that real quick because the connecting tissue between the first topic and the second one was the outrage. Uh, first, I want to say that the articles that I read said that they consider 30 FPS a minimum of what is acceptable for the Steam Deck. They clarify that in most cases, they found that games perform better than 30 FPS. So everyone's saying that it's only going to be 30 FPS for all games. That is incorrect. That is not what they've said. They've said that most things are better than that. And then the second thing I wanted to clarify is there's actually three different models of the Steam um, deck and that the most expensive one is $650, which actually, Aaron, I think you clarified that to me when I brought it up. I did, yes. Um, And and also just to... uh add to the clarification waterfall that we've found ourselves in um the steam deck in case you're not aware (laughs) is uh a really fun new thing that uh valve uh the the brainchild of gaben uh decided to do which is basically a handheld desktop computer that looks like a switch with some interesting track pads that can be docked but does not have removable controllers like the Switch, but does allow you to play any game currently in your Steam library. Yep. It also it's a runs off... PC game console. Yeah, and it, it, it so it runs officially on Steam OS, which is just mm-hmm. a which is Linux version based. of Linux. Yeah. So basically you can do it's very customizable or it will be so for those that are smarter than myself and can actually customize their pcs past installing a new uh, wallpaper or perhaps a new icon for my user uh on on the computer those you know tech savvy people uh you can do quite a bit i mean emulation is one thing that keeps getting brought up uh with this new thing so it, it is a potentially pretty big deal like you're saying um could be really exciting I uh, unfortunately just don't know how to do any of the cool stuff. So if I bought one, it would just be a glorified uh, handheld for my Steam games um, overall. Yeah. But uh, which the- I actually wouldn't be upset with if I had four hundred dollars to spare. I would. I would. I would pick if I had four hundred dollars to burn. Mm-hmm. I would pick one of these bad boys up. Uh, you're teasing. Easy. You're teasing this last. You're teasing this last topic. You know what? I think we can merge the two. So basically, oh yeah, they're mergeable. We're, we're just gonna do that because I want to ask you this question. So our our two last points were gonna be one, we were gonna talk about Steam and kind of their failure to support hardware, but we're gonna loop that into this next point because I think it's it, they're related. 
And then our last point was, what is the Steam Deck's potential impact on the market? Is it a Switch killer, et cetera, right? So so yeah. you're saying that you would buy it. This is something that you would buy if you had an extra $400, just just in disposable income. So you're, you're sold on the Steam Deck, I guess is what I'm getting at. Uh, so... I suppose that I should I should clarify. I am I am sold on the concept of this Steam Deck. Okay. Uh it it would not be a day one purchase mm-hmm. uh for Aaron. It would certainly be a let's see how it goes, because if it pays off, then I'd pay for it mm-hmm. kind of situation. Um because you know, to, to loop this back into the first thing, we, we did a, a little bit of research in terms of um, Steam's uh, heart. Let's call them hardware endeavors <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, perhaps which is actually getting me a, a flashback to the time that I read off 150,000 things that Google tried to do that they just didn't support. Fortunately, Steam has a lot on less Stadia. hardware endeavors than Google's failed software <laughs> endeavors, but it's it's true but i mean so my my biggest hang up on that would be um steam machines y'all remember steam machines <laughs> well i they so, came out oh sorry I, I wanted to say with that a clarification steam machines were literally just computers manufactured by other companies that had steam os on them isn't that yeah. exactly what they were so they were I mean, pre-built pcs but with a weird operating system. Well, but they were so the entire. I th- to my to my understanding, um, and and feel free to yell at me on social media if I'm incorrect. Uh, the entire purpose of the Steam Machine was to translate PC gaming to uh, a, a TV based format, like a console type thing. So it would run. I, I can't remember if it's even still called this, but on Steam they had like a a, a console based like a console emulation interface called big picture i want to say they still have something Um, like that and yeah and you could select that and basically just navigate your whole library as if it were a console but it is on a pc and it was on your computer monitor not your tv and there's an aspect ratio issue sometimes when you transition from the two of them uh and steam machines were like we're just going to take that big picture idea put it in a pre-built PC from Acer or Asus or HP or Alienware or something mm-hmm. and let you use that as a dedicated console. Mm-hmm. And uh, within seven months, uh, Ars Technica, well, not Ars Technica didn't report this. They described, um, because the, the thing had <laughs> Steam Machine's in their entirety, across all of the different manufacturers, had sold fewer than 500,000 units within seven months. It's pretty bad. Yeah, that's rough. Our, and that's Ars Technica described it as uh, dead on arrival. Oh. Um, and the Wikipedia page uh, for Steam Machines has not been updated with information that's newer than 2018, I want to say. So it doesn't seem like there's a thriving community kind of flocking around the existence and curation of Steam Machines. So um, that's one. I own a Steam Link that I've never used. Uh, I Damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I got it for free from like some drawing situation at gdc i believe Mm -hmm. um but it 
it's I mean I mean it, between that and a bunch of other things like I mean the steam the, the controller um the steam link which I just mentioned they have a huge um huge list of of pretty ambitious and extremely promising and initially exciting ideas that just don't ever turn into anything so that's why I would wait a minute before I picked up a steam deck but the concept of being able to access my shamefully large library of steam games games while still laying down is pretty appealing i'm not gonna lie and the specs are are fairly promising and i like the fact that they were really really upfront about all the specs as well like there didn't seem to be any artifice it seemed like it was a pretty transparent situation so yeah like conceptually i'm all the way down on it but you know it'll just be you know the proof is in the pudding and i have yet to taste the pudding or see anybody else taste the pudding (laughs) I mean, I think the interesting thing is I, so I watched a, a Bell ELR news YouTuber for those that are curious, um, who, who's, he's in games industry. He talked with his buddy about this new steam deck and he's super excited. I feel like he's very bought into this being a big deal. And he generally said he thinks it's going to succeed. Is it going to be as big as the switch? Probably not. We'll get into those no. details later. But what was interesting in listening to their conversation is that, all of the different technology that you mentioned all worked great. Great ideas. Like the problem with, with the exception of maybe the Steam machine, because I think that that was just kind of a weird idea of selling like a pre built PC, because a lot of people just build their own. But anyway, that aside, Steam that Link, the, the idea of being able market. to. Oh, sorry. What was that? Well, I just said that speaks to an issue that we're going to come up with soon, uh, which is that it speaks to the, uh, the, the PC gaming market, the nature of those people. Yeah, I, including I just, myself. <laughs> I don't think they understood it all that well at the time. But like their other ideas, like the Valve Index, is a high-end VR headset, like super solid. Generally looked at very. Do you positively. mean the Vive? The, uh, isn't it Valve Index? The HTC Vive. Uh, oh wait is the index a different one i'm pretty sure it is i'm looking it up right oh, now. oh beans well we can cut this if we need to well so i, mean, that I no, don't sound like a complete dumpus <laughs> yeah i mean that uh no no htc is is also well was good the last time i used one i don't know what's been going on with them lately yeah, but the when Vive I was, index is really good that was my preferred one for developing when i was doing that yep well i mean the vive shipped or uh sorry the the valve index shipped alongside um half-life alex i mean there it is have done very well with that but my point is is the tldr of the whole conversation was valve makes really good hardware but they don't market that hardware effectively so nobody knows about it half the time and then it doesn't succeed quickly enough and they just give up Mm. on it largely because they can fall back on steam and make more money that way so i just thought that was super interesting like the steam controller apparently the opinion on that is it was just too expensive but the whole point of the controller was to make it so playing certain like um a lot of fps talk around that sorry what was that i just said there was a lot of a lot of the stuff i read was that they they specifically included track pads uh so that you could emulate that kind of mouse control oh yeah no that was yeah for FPS games, um, and it was it was apparently quite good, um, but you know needing to map 
your own controls sometimes for games that weren't, you know, built around, not built around, but like didn't have built in support for it was a hassle in the price, like you said. Yeah, I, I mean, there's probably more issues than just the marketing, like you're kind of hinting to. But uh, I thought that was the interesting thing, is I kind of went into the research thinking it was going to be like a Google situation with some half-baked ideas, like Stadia. No, they're but fully baked. they were it's pretty baked. Bake, they just didn't market them well. They baked the cake. They didn't put it in the window for everybody to smell and know about, but they, uh, they baked the Paul cake. Holly- I've heard it's good. Paul Hollywood would have said it's a good, that's a good bake, Mary. <laughs> um, but well, he would have said it like, that's a good bake, Mary. In that exact um, accent. In that exact accent, which is, that's my Paul Hollywood impression. Um, so th- this actually like to, to kind of, unless you had anything super pressing, I, I can pull us into it with a fun anecdote. <laughs> no, go ahead. The floor um, is yours. So so I had a conversation with a couple of friends after the Steam Deck was announced. Um, one of my friends was actually the, uh, the, the the guy who pulled me into wanting to make my own computer the first mm-hmm. time I did it mm-hmm. uh, back in high school. And then another friend who has kind of dipped in and out of PC gaming. But we were talking about it and it was like, so first off, I'm pretty sure, and I do not have the actual date on this, but I'm pretty sure that even though the um, pre-orders were kind of disastrous, they opened up Steam Deck pre-orders on the exact same day as Switch OLED pre-orders. Yeah, there's theories that was planned. Yeah. As, as like a um, yeah, smack to Nintendo's face. Well, it, it, it does seem, I can't, I can't say it's planned, but it does seem purposeful, mm-hmm. right? Like you're launching something that kind of looks like the switch that's kind of encroaching on the switches, you know, whole space. Um, but is going to outperform it on a technical level, uh, theoretically, um, at least based on the specs. Absolutely. But you know, who knows how it'll actually run. One of my um, favorite comments before I forget, just cause you're comparing it to the switch, which I mean, it's very similar is a uh, same Bellular video. They refer to it as like the, um, the ripoff switch or like what you would think of as like someone being like here buy this switch. And you're like, that's not a switch. It like looks kind of like a switch, but like just different enough that you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it does though. And that's, that's actually like what I was going to say was to me, it actually looks more like a Wii U. Oh my god, you're uh, than right. A, than a Switch. Huh. Um, well, because it doesn't have the detachable... It doesn't have the Joy-Cons. Yeah. But it does have a dock that you can pay extra money for mm-hmm. to attach it to a TV. Um, which, there ain't no way that Nasty Boy's launching at less than $50. Probably not. <laughs> so, you're, you're still looking at a you know $100 markup from a Switch OLED at least. If I have my math right, which I probably don't, but <laughs> what we're, what we're talking, I mean, I don't know, true. but to, to me, so what we, what we were talking about and the reason that I brought up the conversation I was having with my friends is that it does seem slightly purposeful and it does seem like an attempt to break into that like hardware innovation mm-hmm. side of things. And Nintendo approaches hardware innovation very differently than most other people do. N- Nintendo... <sighs> treats their technology as as a creative tool in a lot of ways and sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it works for a little while and then its limitations uh betray its ambition Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but PlayStation kind of got close, and I still haven't gotten a chance to try it, but everything I've read is saying that the DualSense controller is kind of an attempt to, you know, do something really creative with hardware without um, limiting the capacity to engage with the software, which is the main flaw of the Wii, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think that if Valve is legitimately attempting to kind of uh, colonialize the, the Switch's territory, um, they've, <laughs> misre- they've misunderstood the market. Yeah, that that's a good point that you just brought up, which is, I hope that how do I put it? Okay, you just said it. Technology, super cool. But who's the market exactly? The point that that same guy, Bellular, makes, and I largely agree with it, and I told you this in our initial conversation kind of talking about it, is I feel like the the people that want the Switch are not the same people that want to PC game. So this is very clearly targeting people that are into PC gaming, but also want the flexibility to like be able to move around so this is definitely not in my opinion like a hardcore gamer kind of a thing like maybe it's like a i'm a hardcore gamer but i just like having fun with cool tech so i'll buy it for that reason but and i know people like that i mean they exist but it's like how big is that market well so my 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 big thing is like and we're we're in, in danger of running long um so i'll try and make this brief I have a great track record, track record with that, as I've uh, illustrated with this sentence. Um, I love playing games on my Switch because I can play them anywhere without a huge detriment to the experience. Put them on my TV, play it with the handheld, you know, just kind of prop it up against my bed frame, and then swing my stuff around. Like, easy, flexible. The Steam Deck already doesn't have part of that because there's no detachable controllers, but... The main thing there for me is I have an established gaming library on Steam. Mm -hmm. I do not have to purchase a whole new gaming library to experience all of those games that I already have in my bed or on my TV. And I also don't have to lug my rapidly aging PC into my living room. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm the market. (laughs) But I also think that there aren't that many people who, if they aren't already into PC gaming, would purchase a Steam Deck just to be able to play PC games. You know, that's I'm going to actually disagree with you on that one. I've already accepted that we're going to run a little over, so I'm going to... I have a retort, because if I understand that correctly, you're saying that you think that people that aren't already into PC gaming are not going to pick up the handheld. Yeah, I I actually think this is going to be a failed attempt at onboarding PC players. I feel like it's more likely to onboard PC players because it gives them, you know, at a minimum, a $400 price point to being able to presumably play with your steam your your friends on steam right and and i think that i mean yeah. heck even if you buy the 650 dollars version i mean that's a cheap as hell pc i think oh, yeah, that it's a- much more towards that audience than it is like typical pc gamers because in my opinion i don't necessarily think that there's a huge overlap between like 
what we think of as PC gamers and people wanting to use their handheld. Like, sure, you may have PC gamers that want to use their Switch, but that's because that's a Nintendo console. If you ask a PC gamer, do you want to play um, uh, Arma 3 on your on a handheld, I feel like they're going to say no. I'm completely on the same page as you, which is why I'm worried that, well, not on everything you said, but on that last point, I'm completely on the same page. (laughs) Um, Which is, which is to say like it, 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 I, the reason that I'm worried about it is that I feel like it splits the uprights. Yeah. Yeah? Like I don't, I don't think there are an exceptional number of people who, when, uh, given the opportunity to join PC, the PC gaming community would say, I'd rather pay $650 for the top of the line steam deck that has no PC functions mm-hmm. or go to Walmart and buy, you know, a $650 laptop that will kind of get the job done, but I can also write my term paper on it. Like, I don't I, I feel like if you're invested enough, I also feel like there's a there's a, a weird saturation of the market on Steam where even if every single game is purely available um on the Steam Deck, mm-hmm. the the there there's not a draw, there's not a selling point because most of those games are available everywhere else and at that price point and with this hardware, it's not gonna run the same level as something that you'd get on a crazy high-end pc which is what a lot of pc gamers not all of them obviously not me but you know you you want something that's going to go crazy super hard like i got way into pc gaming because i really wanted to get that crazy super high refresh rate monitor and i spent a thousand dollars on my graphics card and i i think they're splitting the uprights a little bit because i don't i don't think that you're going to get a lot of people who are interested in the PC gaming ecosphere mm. to spend, you know, $400 minimum on this thing just to start a Steam account. And I also don't think you're going to get a lot of people outside of that demographic that you mentioned before, which is like, I have money to spare. I like PC gaming and I like new tech. So let's give it a whirl, yeah. which is more or less where I would fall into it. Like, I think you're right in the sense that it's probably more likely to gain casual PC gamers and try and pull them into it than it is to pull like hardcore gamers who would, you know, push their glasses up their nose and do like a hole at, you know, a, 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 a Ram amount that was less than their extremely high posh standards. But I don't know. I think they're splitting the uprights. I think this might be another opportunity for Valve to shoot itself in the foot, but I think if they can land it, it could be pretty sick. And I think it could even, just to close out my thoughts, because I've been talking for a while, so why not You know, just keep going? If it lands, it could take a lot of the steam <laughs> pardon the pun, take a lot of the steam out of uh, Nintendo's uh, hardware uniqueness sales, mm-hmm. and could cause other uh, major manufacturers and producers to take notice and try and get back into that space. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like they might be playing a difficult game in a difficult market. Yeah, I think that um, 
so a couple things. One, um, I wanted to respond. This thing is literally a PC, so my understanding is you could, if you really wanted to, write your term paper on this thing. Oh, hot damn. Um, so, because well, it's Linux, no, right? It, it, it's got a normal OS on it, so I, I'm 95% sure you could treat it as a work. I wouldn't do it. I don't know that it's the best for that, but, you know, I think you could literally do that. So I just wanted to say. Um, that's, but, that's sick. I, I appreciate I, I, I will take that shame and learn from it. <laughs> no, you're good. I, 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 I'm not 100% sure. That's just based on the videos I was watching. But um, to your point, uh, largely agree with all of that. My main concern with the Steam Deck and its success would be, is this a really big targetable market? Is it targetable and large enough for it to make Steam successful? Because I think in order to really get respect as a console, you need to be established enough. I mean, it's the same issue that like the K, well, I guess the KF console is really just a computer, but like, in order to be a legitimate console that people consider you have to put up an effort sorry what was that yeah i was gonna say the new the new atari one is actually a really good uh through line to this because it's also a pc oh is it i didn't even know there was a new atari one (laughs) yeah they did a new atari thing it's it's like one of those atari greatest hits consoles and it comes uh with a bunch of preloaded games but it's also a pc Hmm. with like modifiable insides i can't remember what it's called i have to look that up and then i'm just gonna interrupt you when you do that but it's it's that it's a it's a pc with two modes one of them is i'm going to play atari in this case it would be i'm going to play games on steam and the other one is i have a pc for pc gaming that i can expand well it'll i think really what it'll come down to is that low price point enough to hook people that want to get into pc gaming but don't have the money to get their own rig i think that's really gonna be the a a huge one and then like you said it's it's weird because it's just such a niche product and then my last big thing that i mentioned to you before but i would and i would be remiss if i didn't mention it and then i'm largely kind of done with most of my thoughts is that i think that the steam deck could be huge for indie games on steam specifically the ones that you would want to play on like switch but just aren't on the switch so like i'm thinking um is hades on switch i think it may be soon yes but but my point is is like those kind of games that's where i've been playing hades (laughs) well well fair enough so but you know what i'm talking about right i do i do i actually that's a really binding of isaac's probably on other things too i can't think of i I don't know what's exclusive oh okay but you know you know what i'm talking about like i think it'll be huge for it, um, it could be the indie because space potentially steam steam is a by the way it's the atari vcs um which also costs 400 dollars. fun fact hmm. um and it's modeled to look like an atari 2600 so that's cool um but it, it could be the only thing that i would say is that if that is its main draw there are going to be a lot more uh grains of sand in the rough than there are diamonds because even though i don't always agree with nintendo's software curation policies Mm. uh they don't normally and i say normally because there are plenty of exceptions but they don't normally allow like complete garbage titles to show up whereas uh steam's barrier to entry is considerably lower on a wider scale now that could mean an opportunity for diamonds in that rough to explode and become hugely popular and and bring 
indie developers the recognition they deserve. And I genuinely hope that that's true because I do think that PC gaming is the, and has been for a really long time up until now, the best way for that to happen for people. Mm. Um, but, it, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to carry it. Mm. I hope it is. I would love to see that, but yeah, it'd be cool. It would. So I, I think in summary, that, I mean like, Oh, yeah. sorry. No, but, sorry. I mean, I was just about to say the exact same thing that you were. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I just going to say in summary for me, um, not a great history of hardware, uh, with marketing and maybe being a little bit too early to certain trends when it comes to steam, uh, or sorry, valve. But I think the hardware for the steam deck is super cool. I'm sure it's going to be solid. I'm just worried that it's too niche of a product to really drive any change but if it does drive change i think it could be really big so that's yeah. that's my end note on that what about yeah, you Aaron? My, my last end note is uh if it if it lands then it could be a game changer i don't currently feel comfortable saying that i think it will be a game changer but i feel 100 percent confident saying that it could mm-hmm. um it's just going to depend on execution and marketing really uh and then you know we'll we'll see what things look like a ways down the line but until then you know all we can do is uh speculate and or consider whether or not we have four hundred dollars to buy a steam deck jeez sorry plus tax yeah plus tax that's like what 430 maybe i don't know probably um but other than that um Unless you got anything else, I can uh, I can start us on our way uh, down the uh, down lead the us on our magical way right down along. the yellow brick road or whatever. I don't yeah. know. Well, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, in that case, uh, I'll say just in case you forgot from the beginning, uh, please um, rate and review, uh, subscribe, do whatever it is that your you know unique particular favorite podcatcher does uh, for those types of things. And I would very much, I would be honored, frankly, to thank Beach Girl for their exceptional work on our extremely good theme song, uh, because it's a very good theme song, and I enjoy listening to it, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. That was a joke. Of course you enjoy listening to it. It's a banging song. So thank you, Beach Girl. Check them out on everything. Spotify, YouTube. Wherever you uh, may find them. Uh, npr probably not npr probably um, not npr probably but. not there but i i would like to uh whitehouse.gov whitehouse.gov well I, i'll tell you who you won't find on whitehouse.gov and that's edougie art who i would like to thank for our absolutely fantastic profile picture but you can find her on instagram and on etsy under the same name that is edougie art thanks so much we really appreciate you uh helping us out during the beginning of our process yes uh and, and I treat there. Um, and I, I wanted to say uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening um, today. And uh, yeah, uh, to per our, our earlier point, what we covered in the beginning of the show, uh, please take that kind of stuff seriously. I know it can be really um, frustrating to know that the things that you like are sometimes made and not the most humane ways, but it is a serious issue. And um, I would just ask that you give it the time that it deserves and you really think it over. So um, from me, at least, I'm signing off. It's been Zach. Yes. And uh, right before signing off, I will say... Um, if you are someone who has had to deal with that kind of stuff, please seek out help. That's not a sign of weakness. It is 
probably the most incredible sign of strength. So um, if you need help, get that help. And then you are the champion. You have done the right thing for yourself and you deserve it. And that is me signing off. This has been Aaron. Peace out and something funny at the end. <laughs>